You're listening to Your Credit Today with your host, Angela Setters Vassard, sponsored by Conquer Credit Management. Well, good morning, because it is Sunday morning when we're actually uh, taping this show. And I have Samantha Headley on the phone, or not the phone, but the <laughs> waves with us. Good morning, Samantha. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you so much for uh, showing up to Your Credit Today. You know, we always have to take a sidebar and do a little business. If you have not subscribed to this show, hit that subscribe button. Tell all your friends and family about the amazing tips and credit information that you're learning from this voice here and the voice on the other end of this, Samantha Headley. So today, what we're going to be talking about is something that we hear all of the time, and it is, how do I deal with this collection? I mean, Samantha, how many times on a daily, weekly basis do we talk with clients that really don't have the understanding of how a collection came about? Well, I would have to say every single day because the... The biggest thing is, well, I haven't had that for years, or I haven't been to that doctor for years, or, you know, I haven't had Verizon or, you know, any utility company for years. And so they're just surprised to see a bill that they didn't pay because, you know, we're all guilty of out of sight, out of mind, just pop up on their credit report. And it can be just like a surprise out of nowhere. Absolutely. Absolutely. So today in this show, we are going to share with you what you should do if you have a collection and how you should communicate with that collection agency and what you should expect, sort of the do's and don'ts. So, you know, the first thing that we want to ascertain is, is the collection really yours and is it valid? Do you have any backup documentation that proves how much you owe or, you know, have you, do you know who the original creditor is? Now, Samantha, as a company, what would you say some of the practices that we do with respect to a client who says, you know what, I just really don't believe that this collection is mine. What would be our process as a company to ensure that that truly is the client's collection or not? Well, what we're going to do is we're going to, you know, call them up and we're going to definitely try to get all the information that we can verbally because, you know, when you're in business, you try to give your clients reassurance as quickly as possible. So definitely a phone call is going to be able to give us the most information. However, depending whether the collection is consigned or purchased, the actual collector may not have all the information as well. So then we'll put in a request for a validation of debt, which is essentially where the collector and the original creditor will have to have already worked together or now work together to provide the client with documentation that proves that the debt is in fact theirs, whether it may, may be signed for it. If it's a, you know, a doctor's visit, they'll send a copy of the bill, different types of documentations that they legally are required to have to prove that the debt is in fact the client's. Absolutely. And, you know, some collection agencies that we've seen try to collect on debt that's over the statute of limitations. So it's really careful for our clients, specifically if you're doing this on your own, to do your research so that you can prove if it's too old and you may not have to pay it. But going back to something that you said, Samantha, with respect to a collection either being under consignment or it being a purchase debt. Let's really break that down because I think our our friends and fans out there really need to understand the difference between those two. 
Okay, yeah. So um, Purchased Collection is a collector, a third-party collector, who has bought the debt for pennies on the dollar for from original creditor. Nine times out of ten, you're only going to see that with credit card debt. A lot of credit card debt is purchased by a third-party company that then reports to your credit history, and you see both accounts. The original account where it charged off, which what we know from listening to prior shows mean that the company wrote it off, wrote off the debt, collected their insurance on it, and now has given it to a new company collector who's now reporting it on your credit report. Now, let me ask you a question, Samantha. Is it possible for another collection agency to purchase the debt from that said collection agency that you just talked about? Oh, trick question. Catching me early in the morning with these trick questions. (laughs) I'm going to just let you correct me if I am wrong, but I'm going to say yes. I know for a fact that a third-party collection can consign it too, right? Like a collector mm-hmm. can hire a collector to collect on it. Yes, absolutely. As a, as a matter of fact, a collection law firm, mm-hmm. because a lot of collection agencies take that next step. They will try to collect within their own means, and then they either have a company that they own that's a subsidiary of their company, or they will send it to an attorney, a debt collecting attorney. So yes, absolutely. Once a debt is purchased from the original creditor, that particular company that purchased the debt has the ability to then sell the debt one more time. But the law is very clear. It cannot be sold a fourth time. Mm -hmm. So third time is the charm in terms of selling the debt. But most collection agencies that have purchased debt, the next step that they take is actually sending it for legal services to file a judgment or whatnot. So that's as far as when debt is bought. Let's talk about when debt is consigned or assigned. Well, when debt is consigned um, or signed, as you said, is typically a medical collection or utility type of collection. And those collection means that that collection agency has only been hired to collect on the debt for a certain amount of time. So I would have to say medical collectors, you don't see change hands of a lot of collection companies. If you live, you know, in LA County, you'll see that a lot of hospitals kind of focus on maybe the same collectors that they're hiring or have contracts with. Um, And then utility companies, you're just going to see those jump all the time, you know, especially in the first few years or, you know, few months that they're collecting, you're going to see it jump hands a few times. Verizon, Sprint, T-Mobile, those types of companies, those utility bills, you're going to see them jump hands quite a bit. Now, on the rare, rare, rare occasion, some original creditors who actually report to the credit report as collections, but still hire third parties to collect on the debt. And you're going to... Yeah, so you can be hit twice, Mm -hmm. double whammy, pachow. Yeah, pachow for sure. And that just... (laughs) hurts your credit score because now you're left to deal with two separate entities. You're left to deal Mm -hmm. with the original creditor and, you know, the collector. The only great thing about consigned debt, the thing that I love about consigned debt, is that you do have more of an opportunity to have better luck with far as removal from your credit report. You have a second entity that you can deal with, the original creditor, to try to get them to pull back the debt, you know, kind of see why the debt maybe shouldn't have reported, maybe you didn't get noticed different types of things that go on in life. There's more leverage there. With with purchase debt, sometimes you're just so stuck with dealing with that one collector on the debt. You really, 
imprisoned, you don't have a lot to dispute at that time, you're kind of stuck with where you're at, or that's at least the feeling, and sometimes, unfortunately, the reality as well. Right. Now, the important thing to remember as far as consigned debt, friends, is what this means is that that collection agency does not own the debt. They have been hired by this company to collect the debt and they have a very specific contract. So a lot of these collection agencies are held by that contract and they can only accept certain amounts of settlement. Some companies will not uh, take any settlements. There are very strict guidelines when debt is consigned to specific collection agencies. And again, why Samantha said it could be a little bit we're not going to say easier, but you have more options, is when she was talking about taking it back to the original creditor, if you do have a real dispute, whether it's you haven't lived at that address any longer, you feel like the debt is invalidated and they haven't really been able to prove to you why you owe the debt, a lot of the times you can take that information back to the original creditor that did consign the debt. Because unfortunately, what happens is when debt is assigned to a collection agency, it's in masses. And a lot of the times there has not been a proper audit that has taken place when that collection is consigned to that new collection agency. And incidentally, the same thing goes for purchase debt. They don't do the audits that they should. We actually had a client that was a victim of identity theft. She had all the proof in the world to prove that she was a victim of identity theft. And unfortunately, the collect, the original creditor did not document that well enough and actually sold the collection to a third party collection agency. And that collection agency proceeded to try to collect against her. However, what they didn't know was that there are several laws that protect her as a victim of identity theft, and she had the right to sue them if they did not pull that debt back and write it off properly. So there is a lot of things that take place before this debt is actually put in the hands of another company to collect from you. And today we wanted to kind of talk about a few things that we think that you should be aware of when you are up against a collection agency that is trying to collect against debt that you may or may not owe. Now, let's talk about a little bit, you know, of a higher discussion, Samantha, which is the statute of limitations and, you know, how long a collection agency and or a creditor can collect debt before it can get to a legal term. Well, that is kind of an open question because, as you know, it depends per each state. I think one of the biggest rackets that these collectors run is telling you the dates. Now, if you don't have your own information to go off on, like maybe you've only received a first call, maybe you've received only a letter, you can't necessarily locate the original information. It's important to discern when the date of last activity is when you last paid on that account prior to it being sent to collections versus when the collector got the debt. A lot of collectors- Or the date of service, right? The date of service if we're talking about a medical bill. 
yes, 100% date of service or date of last activity. Um, Charge-off date is also really nice to know because if they aren't giving you really clear information as far as the date of last activity, the charge-off date can kind of help you a little bit better because as we know, something has to be, you know, go unpaid for about six to nine months really to charge off. So it kind of... Can we, can we clarify what date of last activity is for our friends out there? Yes, date of last activity would be the date that you made the last date that you made a payment prior to going into default. Yes. So, and that's really important because that's where the statute of limitations starts. And these collectors, they will try to take advantage of the fact that they think that you're not well-educated and they'll try to tell you the date of when they got the collection. That doesn't matter. That's on them. They should have got it, you know, earlier if they wanted to have more fun with it. So you need to know the (laughs) date of last activity so that you can know when you're legal, when they are legally able to file a judgment for. In the state of California, it's four years. In the state of New York, I believe it is six years. Yep. Um, some yeah. states, you can easily Google it, guys. Just Google what is the... Well, statue of limitations. Statue, thank you. Statue of limitations to be sued for debt in my state. And they will break down you know, the different debt that you can be sued for and things like that. It's really important to know the FDCPA laws in your state so that you can be in control and not let these collectors control you. Absolutely. That is very, very vitally important because what a lot of people don't understand also is the fact that no matter how long they have to file a judgment, once a judgment is filed in some states, it can go on for 30 years. You know, now in California, it has a 20-year stay. And the reason for that is, is because the judgment can be collected on for 10 years. And then that said company can refile the judgment for an additional 10 years. And the real sucky part, I'm using that word, sucky. The real sucky part about that is, is that it collects penalties and interest over those 10 years. And you can wake up one day in 10 years and a $10,000 debt is now $18,000. I mean, Samantha, how many times have we been witness to these types of things happening? And mainly because people think they're going to go away. Oh, it just breaks my heart, Angie. It breaks my heart. You know, I know... I you know, rest in peace to one of our favorite clients, but he got surprised years later, 15 years later, he didn't even know he had the judgment anymore. And, and people say, well, how do you not know? You know, I used to believe that whenever I first started working at Conquer Credit and be like, these people who say they don't know are just crazy. Like, you know what you owe. But the reality is, again, out of sight, out of mind, when we're moving through life every day, having kids, raising kids, going to work, you know, going to school, doing all these things, when something isn't right in front of our face constantly, we may be guilty of just forgetting. Does that deserve you to get your bank account cleaned out out of money you owed 15 years ago without any without any warning, without any information as far as, hey, you still owe this debt. Can we settle this out? Can we get this taken care of? Just, you know what? You didn't deal with this for 15, so I'm going to clear out your bank account. And I think that's just the worst to just wake up in the morning and have no money. Absolutely. Yeah. And unfortunately, it happens. And what I hear from clients a lot is, hey, I was never served. 
But unfortunately, uh, a new law was passed several years ago that enabled the court system to allow creditors to not have proof of service anymore. Okay. They don't have to have proof of service. And the reason for that is, is that a lot of debtors were able to get out of debt proving that they were running away from it. So, you know, they had a servicer come to their house and they never answered the door. And so unfortunately, they passed a law that you do not have to be served any longer. So don't avoid being served, okay? If you have a servicer come to your house, just receive it because it doesn't matter if you don't receive it or not. At least you'll have the information and you'll have the ammunition to look things over, do your research and fight them properly. Now, another thing to really, really pay attention to while you're doing your research, specifically with credit card debt, okay? We have had a lot of clients that unfortunately have received collection notices from an original creditor that they already paid. And friends, this is so why it's so vitally important that you keep the information, that you keep records and receipts. With the the age of digitization, you should have cloud uh, storage where you put all of your important documents, okay? Now, I'm not going to talk about all the important documents that you should have there, but specifically when you have paid a collection or a charge-off or any type of legal battle that you have had. Because unfortunately, like I said, there are a lot of companies that don't audit their collections before they sell them to a third party. And I have seen many clients that have been served with a lawsuit. I have seen many clients that have received collection notices for debt that they had already paid. But if you don't have the proof, the burden of proof is on us, the consumers, Okay. Now it doesn't mean that you can't do a proper investigation and show from the client by um, summonsing those documents, but you would have to go through an awful lot to get that information. And hence why it is so vitally important that you keep your records. Not even so with something that you've paid, but also we talked about this a couple of weeks ago when I was talking about medical debts. When you go to the doctor, and you're checking out, and you're seeing the nurse, and you're paying your copay, I always tell people, ask the nurse or whoever it is that you're seeing at the front desk for a copy of what you are being billed for. Otherwise, what's going to happen is that you're going to get a surprise bill in the mail of things that you don't even know happened when you were at the doctor. And a lot of the times, unfortunately, there's misinformation that is billed to your insurance company that you never authorized. And your insurance company may not pay for that. So now you've got a situation where you have something that you didn't agree to that you have to pay for because your insurance company does not cover that. So you need to make sure that when you're Uh, checking out of the hospital, when you're checking out of a doctor's office, when you are planning a surgery, always go over what is going to be done and what your insurance company will cover and what your insurance company will not cover so that you are equipped and aware of what you can deny and say, you know what, if my insurance company doesn't cover this, then I don't want it. 
Now, in some cases, we can't avoid that because there is an accident or you're having emergency surgery or things of that nature. But when at all possible, when you have the power in your hand, which is to check and be accountable for whatever you're being billed for, I would do it. Now, I've had many situations where I'm, you know, going out of the doctor's office and I ask them for that and I get the nurse looking at me crazy like, why are you asking me for this? And I always educate them and they appreciate it. They're like, wow, you know what? Never even thought about it that way. But this is why medical debt, there's millions and millions of dollars on a monthly basis that goes out in collection debt that is medically related. You know, Ange, when I first got, you know, you've been through so much of the journey of my adult life with me. But, you know, <laughs> when I first got medical um, insurance, I was so hyped. I was like, I'm going to go get all these free services. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And, you know, I had worked at Conquer Credit for probably seven years at this point, And, finally got the medical insurance that you had been begging me to get. And um, I remember going there and them asking me if I wanted all these services, if I wanted to have my blood drawn, if, if I wanted to do this. And I was very clear with them. I'm always very clear with doctors because I have this nervous energy that has nothing to do with them and everything to do with in my head. Tell them I've never been to the doctor before, you know, other than the surgeries I've had and things like that. I've never been to like a primary care physician. This was my first time. I'm from a small town where we didn't really necessarily believe in those types of things. So I was very nervous. I didn't really know how things work. And, you know, I go there. Granted to say this was a whole thing. And um, I got a bill for $1,200 because they had asked me if I wanted all of these services. And I was so nervous in the moment. I was so just like, well, it sounded like I needed these things. It sounded like if I didn't have them, I could be really sick. And, and I, well, I don't want to be really sick. So I was like, yes, like do, do whatever you think needs to be done. And then I get this bill for $1,200. And I know that you remember because I was like, what happened? Like, how did this happen? <laughs> like, how, how did I go in for a, you know, my first checkup ever and come out paying $1,200? And I was so scared of everything that they were telling me was going on. And so you were the one that said, you know, get another opinion, talk to someone else. Don't just let them tell you what they need. Ask them what is included in your insurance. Ask them what things cost before you do things. And the minute that I started challenging them, kind of saying like, look, like I'm, I'm really just not sure about all these other procedures that they wanted me to have. They referred me to a social worker. And I was like, I am not sure why I am here. I'm just kind of asking questions. And it really made me feel powerful though. And and the next time that, you know, I got a bill, I wasn't being surprised and I was able yeah. to really know what I was being billed for. And I could look on the bill and see, okay, I remember when I talked to the doctor about that and I remember what this is. And I think it's so important for you to ask those types of questions. And I love that we're having this conversation about this and taking the time out of talking about collectors to talk about this because from someone who should have known and had been taught that in the moment I was so scared. Like I was just like, do whatever you need to do to make sure that I don't just drop dead on this table right now. But it's so important to know like what you're saying, like to get a bill and to understand what you're being billed for. Absolutely. And it's also important that you teach this to the people around you that have the authority to advocate for you. 
You know, we have a lot of situations where people, like I said, may have an accident. And this is why it's important to, no matter how young or old you are, it is very important to create a document of what you will to happen if you are incapacitated. Okay. So we're not going to go into that today because that's another, Mm -hmm. that's another subject. But you know, what we're talking about is unfortunately a lot of things happen out of not ignorance as, as though someone is being ignorant, but ignorance out of the way that they have not been taught and they do not know. And unfortunately, we have that going on in our healthcare system. And it's a huge problem because unfortunately, you can go to the emergency room and be given a Tylenol and end up paying $500 for one Tylenol that you could go to Rite Aid or CVS and buy a whole bottle of that for five bucks. So it's a real travesty. It's a real problem in our healthcare system. And I hope that they can fix it one day. Me too. But moving right along (laughs) and continuing with our subject about collection agencies, one of the things that Samantha and I always ask, and our staff asks when we're talking to a client about a collection is, have you received something in writing at your current address disclosing who the original creditor is and what they're collecting for? And why is that important, Samantha? Because you have to know what you're paying for. You have to have, you have to know what you owe and why you owe it, and they have to prove to you that it is owed by you. Right. Otherwise, they can just pull something out of, like a rabbit out of a hat and say, cha-cha, you owe this. And you're like, wait, what? I don't even remember that happening. So the other thing is, is that doesn't it give us a fighting a weapon, so to speak, or a fighting chance when, you know, the address that they have is not the current address that you reside at and you've never received a bill? Yeah, that's one of the biggest things that we're able to leverage as far as um, deletions or in some cases, you know, consigned debt as far as the collector has purchased the debt from the original creditor. I know for one of our clients, they... Um, had a doctor that was just in the room with them that was from a different hospital, but they hadn't been to that hospital from seven years. So the hospital had their seven-year-old address, never made an attempt to get the new address from the other hospital. So they were able to actually pull it out of collections and have her just pay the original bill versus all of the added penalties and interest because she could prove that she had no idea that that doctor was there and that they didn't make an effort to get her current information. And so she was Mm. able to get it removed from her credit report that way as well. Well, you know, she meaning we, but you know, (laughs) yeah, (laughs) right. We had the right information so that we could do a good job for her in other words. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's good. So let's talk about, you know, if a a collection agency calls you and kind of like what we do as a company, but you know, we're talking to our friends and fans out there that may want to DIY, do it yourself. Um, let's, we have an ABC order in terms of, you know, collectors calling you and what would you say is one of the best practices to start with, uh, Samantha? 
like A, be cordial. Because even though they have a nasty job, a lot of them are really nice and they're just people, right? Yes. A, definitely kill them with kindness. Um, I love, you know, collectors as far as just talking to them and you can shift their whole way of being. They'll go in from a place of just trying to collect money from you to try to help you to understand. If you just take the time, ask them how their day is going, thank them for helping you. And then also getting who you're speaking to, getting what department they're in, if they have an ID number, you know, writing all of that down so that any information that they give you, you can refer to at a later time. These companies are required to keep notes and recorded calls. So having that type of leverage really helps. I would never say that a person intentionally gives you misinformation, but if they're not, you know, knowledgeable in what they're doing or maybe reading the right information, they may give you misinformation. And it's important to know who gave you that information as well. I would also say that you want to get all of the information that you can about the collection as far as how long they've had it, where they sent the bill to, what the original bill was for what any added interest and penalties might be, then verify the name and date of birth and, you know, social, because we had a client who has a, you know, a collection on his credit and the date of birth and social don't even match his date of birth and social. It's just the same name. And so we're like, how are you reporting it? Like, how are you even reporting it when it's clearly not his information, just the same name? So it's really important to verify all of that. Absolutely. And the thing is, is that friends, just so you know, the way that collection agencies work, there's a cost for doing business in any business. And what a lot of collection agencies have stopped doing is skip tracing because it costs money. Okay. And a lot of times what is happening is that they're reporting collections with just a name and without a social security number or a date of birth. And this is why Samantha is reminding you how important it is to get the information, specifically if you do not recognize what the debt is for. And there are going to be times when you may come against a very, um, angry or upset collector because they do exist. Um, They're very direct and they really don't want to help you. And the thing is, is that you don't have to continue to talk to someone who is not willing to give you information that you deserve. And that is your right to receive. It is your right to receive information. It is your right to ask questions and to get answers. It is your right to retain documentation as to why they are collecting the debt that they are collecting. Otherwise, anyone can run around and say, hey, you owe me $1,000 and I don't have to prove why you owe me $1,000. Like Samantha said earlier, there are very, very specific laws that pertain to collection agencies that they have to follow. And if you look up, like we said, you know, you can Google things, uh, the FDCPA guidelines, there are very specific guidelines that they have even updated. You know, I told this story before, but, you know, I worked at a very, very young age. And when I was 14, I used to work at a collection agency in the mailroom. And I will never forget sitting outside of the collector back in the day when they could do 
anything that they wanted to do and abuse people. And I used to literally go home and cry at what I heard this collector say to people. Literal obscenities, telling them that they were going to take their children, all kinds of things that used to happen back in the day. But let me tell you, the laws have changed. They can no longer abuse you or harass you with techniques, okay? There are laws that protect you. And I'm not saying that you should be mean. You should always be in a position to receive information so that you can get all of the information and be successful in your vent of of handling this collection. So that's really good. So once you've come to an agreement with a collection agency to pay the collection, it's time now to, you know, really make sure that you receive a deletion letter from that collection agency. Samantha, what do you what would you say are some of the things that you should make sure that you get with this particular process? Well, you definitely want to get it in writing. So a specific letter stating, you know, that they are going to delete or remove the account from the credit reporting agencies so that the credit agencies will acknowledge the letter and remove it. You want to make sure it has the date on it. You want to make sure that has your full name on it. Some of these collection agencies have they type it themselves, so they spell your name wrong. So you want to make sure that they spell your name correctly, that has your full name, that it also has your address on it, and it has the account number, and it will say this collection will be removed, or this collection is going to be removed from the credit report. Awesome. Awesome. Now, what if a collection agency refuses to give you a deletion letter? Let's talk about that and some different ways that you can go around them. Well, if the collection is consigned. So you can ask them if they own this debt or they're they're collecting on behalf of the original creditor. Like we spoke about earlier, you can try to go to the original creditor and, you know, lobby with them to get them to pull the account out of collection and deal with the original collector creditor directly. You can also um, write a letter asking them to remove it, kind of, you know, express your ploy as far as why they should remove it and what they should do to help, you know, accommodate you. And then you can also ask to speak to a manager, someone else. The person that you have on the phone is not always the decision maker. You can try to escalate it to a manager, tell them, you know, why you need it removed and kind of you know, get them on your side. Tell them, hey, like, I'm a person too, and this is hurting my credit and my ability to do X, Y, and Z, and I didn't intentionally not pay this. I just, Mm -hmm. you know, I didn't know about the bill. I never got the notice, and now I'm trying to make good now, and I'd really like it if you would help me out on that. Absolutely. And you know, you know me, Samantha, I'm like, I'm like the, I, I don't stop until we get to the top. Don't stop till you get to the top. But, but you know, I believe that you can write a letter to the owner of the collection agency. I sometimes would even say, write a letter to your Senator or the governor and CC them, the FTC write a letter to the executive offices or the compliance department. There are a lot of different things that you can do to rally someone to help you. Okay. So don't just give up so easy and say, oh, you know, no big deal. I'll just go ahead and pay it and make it a paid collection on my credit report. Do your due diligence 
fight as hard as you can because one collection agency that's reporting on your credit report, unfortunately, specifically if it's within the last four years, can really damage your credit score and your ability to actually use your credit as the investment tool that we talk about that it is. So these are really important tips and information friend friends that you need to know about how to deal with collection agencies. I hope that you have enjoyed this content. We know that we enjoy you listening to it. And um, we're going to just sit this right here. You're listening to Your Credit Today with Sam and Ange. I hope you have a good rest of your week. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.